deep center. Deep center. Got a chance. It's gone for two runs. There's a swing and a long one to left. Gone, gone, gone. Let's begin now. This is White Sox Weekly. Got him swinging, Sox win. The Chicago baseball conversation on the flagship home of the Sox. 720 WGN. Light it up. Light it up indeed. 312-981-7200. White Sox. They're one and one. My friend Adam Hogue, who... Is now covering for NBC Sports Chicago as well as WGN Radio. Joins us to start the show here. Your phone calls are welcome. You can talk to me and Adam at the same time here. 312-981-7200. Adam Hogue, that's more like it, buddy. That felt good today. It did. Uh, you know, I, I still was encouraged last night by the offense, but there was enough shakiness and sloppiness in that game. That it left you a little uneasy, but for the White Sox to bounce back the way they did, thoroughly beating the Twins in a game they really should have, uh, when you look getting scratched and uh, Dallas now throwing better than any White Sox pitcher uh, on staff. Uh, this was a game they should have won, and from right from the jump, they look like the better team. So I was talking to some upper level people at uh, at NBC Sports Chicago, and they said that. This morning, you submitted a 1,200-word piece saying that the White Sox need Nick Madrigal up right now and that uh, this Leury Garcia guy should not be playing second base, but now you're scuttling it. Is that true? I would say almost none of that is true. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, but the... Um, the, the plan for today, if I'm being 100% honest, was to uh, just basically look at that exact topic because it was the story last night. Larry Garcia, and we just got done talking to Rick Renteria. I asked him about this like literally five minutes ago uh, about the defense last night. And Renteria had some valid uh, defense for some of the, what I would just call shakiness in the field. But here's the one thing overall. I mean, I, I, no one can convince me that Nick Madrigal's not a better option than Larry Garcia, at least in the field right now, at second base. He's a better second baseman. Larry Garcia's played a lot of outfield for this team, but that's okay. Uh, Larry Garcia's role on this team is to actually to be doing exactly what he's doing right now. Like on a cont- I know he played 140 games for the White Sox last year, but his best role on a contender is to be the Swiss Army Knight that can play outfield, infield, whoever's hurt, come in, pinch run, all those types of things. So right now you can look at this, like Nick Madrigal's out for a week or so, and Larry, Larry Garcia is in there. I guess the big question is for those saying, oh, Nick Madrigal should be out there, well, can you live without him for a week to get that extra year of service time on the back end? Um, and it goes beyond that. I actually do really believe when Rick Hahn talks about that, like compare Nick Madrigal to Luis Robert right now, because Rick Hahn's always talked about pushing the issue to the point where you have to call him up. Well, I think Nick Madrigal's ready, close to ready, and with no minor league season, can figure out the best uh, The best way for him to continue to develop is probably at the major league level right now. But even though he looked better in summer camp compared to spring training, he didn't look as great as Luis Robert, and he's probably not going to be that great of a player. But the point is Robert screaming, I'm a major league player right now i don't know that nick magical although he's close to looking ready is at that level uh and so you can afford to keep him in schaumburg for a little bit here while a guy like larry garcia 
is is out there filling in. And actually, what I was going to write today was exactly that. Leori Garcia did me a huge favor by hitting two home runs uh, and making that idea look even better <laughs> in this post game as we look at this because uh, today was a was a great day for him. Well, and a little bit more on Leori last year, and people might forget at least for a second that this was the guy that was hitting at the top of the yard. He really did a very credible job in the leadoff spot, and right now. Tim Anderson is there, and some people think that Luis Robert will be there. And I mean, Robert is certainly not uh, taking any chips off the table on that one for four today after a two for four, you know, opening day. And the speed down the line is just amazing to watch. So you think about that at the top of the order with power, very enticing. But I, I my question, I guess, is do you like Tim Anderson leading off? Because I'm not sure that's the best spot for him, Adam Hogue. Well, I think it's the best spot for him right now um, because he's just – I mean, he showed it last year. I mean, he's hes going to get a lot of hits for you and, um, and get on base. And I like that approach. You know, I, I, what I like is he has the ability to take a different approach and kind of swing for more power because he does possess that power. But I'm not sure I want him doing that. You know, I, I like his approach right now. But the nice thing about him leaning off, and sometimes why this conversation gets a little overrated, is because a lot of times you're only leading off once in a game, right, in the first inning. Uh, it does get you more bats being at the top of the order, and he's a guy that right now deserves to get more bats because of, after what he did last year. So he needs to be up there somewhere, whether it's first or second, in my opinion. And – what his ability gives you is, okay, he can kind of take that same approach early, but if he does come up in a situation later in a game where, you know, he's got a couple guys on base and wants to be the RBI guy, he has the power to deliver there too. So I don't have any issue with it. Uh, One of the many good problems the White Sox have right now is, yes, at some point, Luis Robert should be batting higher in the order, and Renteria said that before the game, that he's going to be hitting one through five. Um, but you're also seeing a little bit that pitchers are going to, as good as Luis Roberts going to look early, they're going to be able to get him out, make him look foolish sometimes when they when they keep the ball away from him, low and away, low and away, that type of thing. We saw that a little bit today. So I think until he makes that adjustment and, and sort of shows that he can consistently get past that, I'm fine with the way uh, Robert's being handled right now. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Another question for you: What are you most excited about? Two games into this White Sox season, Adam Hogue with us from NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, hey Tom, you got a question about Carson Fulmer? Go ahead, Tom. You're on with yours truly, Mark Carmen and Adam. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate it because I've really been uh, racking my brain because I really, I really feel like with Carson uh, Fulmer going to Detroit, he's going to come back and kill us because all he had to do was. To, to locate to locate his pitches, he had great spin rate, a great fastball. I, it, the velocity had gone down, but why didn't the Sox try to protect him? And I know he was out of options. Is there any way that they could have kept him? Adam, you want to try to tackle that one? Well, the only way they could have kept him is by keeping him on the the, the roster right now. Um, and yes, there's extra bullpen spots because of the roster being expanded, but I, I don't know. I, Carson Fulmer, and, and he's a great guy, and honestly, I wish him success because, you know, if he can figure it out, he, he deserves it. But 
you know, I think it says all, it, it, the situation kind of says all it needs to say, right? I mean, there was there's extra spots in that bullpen. It's a 30 man roster, and the White Sox still knowing that he's out of options. Uh, said, yeah, he's not one of the best uh, 16 pitchers that are on the roster right now, and they decided to take that risk. Look, Carson Fulmer is going to be 27 in December. He's had plenty of op- opportunities with this White Sox team, and whether it was as a starter or later pitching out of the bullpen, he could never get in there and prove to be a reliable option um, and can never really find that command. So, you know, if he does it elsewhere – uh, for him, but I think at this point, uh, and I also wonder if the White Sox really thought he would be claimed. I was almost a little surprised he was claimed, but I guess a team like Detroit um, makes some sense, and you're just going to have to live with that. But look, the Sox got plenty of options, so I'm not too worried about this. Hey, Tom, great call, and I, I appreciate your concern. It, it's a it's a vintage White Sox slash any sports fans concern that your guy's going to go somewhere else and be a huge success. Uh, bottom line, Carson Fulmer, as you were just saying, Adam, got every single opportunity to be successful there. And the White Sox got every opportunity to develop him. And it just did not work out. So if he goes to Detroit and figures out something that he didn't figure out here, good for the Tigers, good for Carson Fulmer, and the White Sox maybe would learn a lesson looking in the mirror saying how he didn't do it right with Carson Fulmer. I doubt that's going to happen. But if it does, then, hey, look, I, I, you wish a guy like that well moving along. Adam, I got to take a quick time out. You, got, you want to stick for one more segment or you got uh, things to do there? I know you're a busy man today. Uh, no, that's fine. All right, let's put Adam Hogan on hold. We'll keep him to the bottom of the hour. Your w- phone calls are welcome, and I get some more stuff coming for Adam. 312-981-7200. Run your socks off for charity by registering for our first ever White Sox Virtual Run Series. It's presented by Guaranteed Rate. Sign up for a 5K, 10K, or one-mile walk, and you receive sock swag, including a home run chain. I saw Jason Minetti and Steve Stone wearing those. They look sweet. All net proceeds from the uh, virtual runs will benefit Chicago White Sox charities and the Guaranteed Rate foundation register today at white socks.com slash socks run it is white Sox weekly on 720 wgn so encarnacion also looking for his first hit and he drives one in the air to the deep left field rosario is not even going to turn around this ball is way out of here edwin encarnacion deposits one over the bullpen and left and it's now four nothing white Sox. That was a bomb, and uh, that offense just looks incredibly, incredibly potent. Adam Hogue, NBC Sports Chicago, WGN Radio, back with us here. Uh, all right, let me ask you a question here. Can we nitpick for just one second here, Adam Hogue? Do you mind? Let's nitpick. Let's nitpick. So, James McCann went three for four today. He was fantastic, and that doesn't matter, That and Yasmani did not get a knock last night. That doesn't matter either. Uh, but you pointed this out, and I was kind of scratching my head, too. Like, James McCann, he has a sweet relationship with Lucas Giolito. And Giolito was going last night. Giolito didn't pitch well. They went with Grandal. And then Keiko, when he signed with the White Sox, like one of the reasons why I signed here was with Grandal. Now Keiko pitched great today uh, with McCann back there. But did Ricky get it wrong in the first two games as to who should be behind the plate if we're nitpicking for a minute? So I honestly didn't even really think about this until Ozzie Guillen brought it up on our, our, our pregame show on NBC Sports Chicago, and I thought he made a compelling argument. I didn't necessarily, you know, completely agree with it because I 
I guess I'm a little old school. I do believe in the symbolism of opening day, and you. Uh, I, it's kind of hard to justify your prized, uh, huge contract you gave the Osmani Grandel and sitting him on opening day, uh, especially after such a long wait. Uh, but his point was based on some facts in that uh, a team that really has not hit Jose Barrios very well, uh, James McCann had. And certainly he had their relationship with Lucas Giolito uh, going back to last year. But, uh, look, I, I don't think the catcher had anything to do with Giolito's uh, lack of fastball command last night. Like, I don't think that would have made a difference. Um, the matchup against Barrios, I think, is a compelling argument. And then, if you, I guess his point was, if you have a, a night game leading to a day game and Grandel has to sit one day, uh, maybe you reverse it and it makes sense. And I, and I think um, maybe in a different circumstance, a week or two from now into the season, perhaps that's how Ricky Renteria would handle it. But the other thing we should mention that James McCann and Dallas Keuchel were college teammates. And so there's a relationship there that goes back quite a ways. And I, I in some ways I feel like James McCann has been unfairly criticized this offseason just because Yasmani Grandel is such a good framer, um, McCann's not as good. But is McCann a bad catcher? I don't think he's a bad catcher by any means at, at all. So um, I think, and Renteria said this after the game today, you know, whoever's back there, he trusts. And you saw the strike zone today. There was no issue with Dallas Keuchel getting strikes. James McCann, I guess more importantly, seems to be picking up right where he left off last season. And he's looking good in camp, too. So it's going to be extremely hard for Rick Renteria to leave McCann out of the lineup, no matter who's in there. Uh, and it's one of the many good problems he has right now as a manager. And I thought that today they were getting squeezed a bunch of times, the White Sox. And McCann's sitting there, he's trying so hard to frame it properly, and they're not getting the call. And I'm thinking to myself, he's he's like, hey, hang on, man, I'm trying to work on this framing thing. This is clearly a strike. You're not giving it to me, home plate umpire. And now my stats look bad. Like, I didn't think he was doing anything wrong. Did you notice that at all? Well, I noticed more that the zone changed as the game went on. I mean, early in the game, anything, uh, and I like now that we have the box on NBC Sports Chicago uh, that's just on there in the background so you can always instantly see whether it should be a strike or ball, and, and Keiko was really just barely nicking those corners or perhaps even miss, missing them just a little bit, and it was getting those calls. And I thought that that was being consistently called on both sides early on in the game, and then all of a sudden later in the game it kind of changed where all of a sudden those weren't being called strikes. Um, I think C-Sheck got, got squeezed on one of those. So I'm not totally sure it had to do with the catching as much as uh, the umpire just sort of changing the zone throughout the game. And by the way, you would think that would go the other way. Like the umpire would get a little tired as the game goes along and they yeah. start widening it out so everybody can go home. Hey, uh, before Adam, before you go, let's just get Dre in here from Denver who wants to talk about the White Sox pitching. Go ahead. You're on 720 WGN, Dre. Hey, real quick. I think everybody was pulling for Carson Palmer. I'm sorry. I think everybody was pulling for him. For it sure. was such a disappointment. Disappointment didn't go through. But uh, I wanted to talk to Adam and ask a real quick question. I, I, I always go by the philosophy, pitching, defense, and timely hitting. I think uh, defense, we're going to be like average until, you know, some more development comes along. Um, hitting, I think we're going to have a lot of timely hitting. I want to ask question is, do you think they're going to be top 15, just overall staff? I know Giolito straightens out. 
those two will be great. Um, do you think they'll be in the top 15 in pitching? The staff total, or like in the stats, would the Sox be in the top 10 or top 15? Starters, I'm, I'm, starters in bullpen okay. or just the starters, Dre? Well, I'm, I'm trying to see. If starters, that'll be great, but I don't I don't know what a 60-game season they're going to get stretched out enough to go long innings or not. But, but right now, I'm just, well, the whole staff and pitching, well, I don't know. Break it down for me. You okay. got to make the money. Okay, Dre. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling, Dre. What do you think, Adam Ho? Top 15 overall? White Sox staff. Well, I, I mean, you know, I'm going to concentrate on the starting rotation because I like the question. It's a huge question I have. I wrote a column on it this week on NBCSportsChicago.com um, because I really do think that the season comes down to Carlos Jordan, Dylan Cease, and Reynaldo Lopez uh, proving that they can be reliable options every five days. And uh, if they do that, then yes, they, they I, they should be in the top half of the league, I would hope, at that point, because um, we've talked so much about the depth of this rotation. But uh, I still think there's a sort of a prove-it factor, specifically with those three guys. Rodon coming off the injury. Uh, Cease, who struggled as a rookie last year, but has looked really good so far in camp. And obviously Lopez, who's had some good times and some bad times and just needs to straighten it out. That, to me, Carm, is the big decider for this team. Uh, this season, and if they can make a serious run at winning the division. So I'm just going to make a prediction for you, Adam Hogan. We'll, we can revisit this on White Sox Weekly down the road. Who do you think I'm going to say is going to be the best White Sox starter this season? Dallas Keuchel. See, now, I, I actually, like, as I just said, I'm like, oof, Keiko would be a, a great pick. I loved what I saw today. But I, I really think that Dylan Cease is going to make a huge move this year. I mean, he, okay. He, so I, I am predicting, and he's slotted to go fourth here with Ronaldo going tomorrow against Kenta Maeda, twelve thirty-five pregame on seven twenty WGN, one ten first pitch. But I really think that this is going to be a breakout season for Dylan Cease, and he may be like if the White Sox were to make it to the playoffs, there could be. I'm, I'm just seeing, see your future, be your future. Some sometime around September the twenty third, a conversation like, should we make Cease the Starter in game one of the playoffs. I'm, I'm making that prediction today. Wow, that would be bold. Um, I do think it's possible. Um, his breaking stuff the last time we saw him on TV last Filthy. week. Oh, my God, the late movement. I mean, honestly, I think I tweeted at one point, like he threw a slider that looked like a wiffle ball. Um, but he's just got to find that consistency, that command, because the stuff is obviously there. And if he can do that, it obviously – the Sox get like that type of breakout Giolito, what Giolito did last year, if that happens for Dylan Cease, they're going to be in really good shape. The, yes, they absolutely will. And they need it still from Ronaldo to be the second half Lopez last year and Keiko to be what he was today and Giolito to be better than what he was yesterday. And whatever you get from Rodon at that point would be fine. Adam up against the clock here. Thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. You got it. Have a good day. Adam Hogue, NBC Sports Chicago and WGN Radio. Coming back with your phone calls, 312-981-7200. I see the King is on hold. This should be interesting. 720 WGN. And two. Here comes the pitch to Jimenez. And Eloy drives one in the air to deep right field. Backing up is Marwin Gonzalez still tracking. This ball is going to be gone. Into the bullpen and right field. The White Sox go back-to-back here in the fifth. And Jimenez, with his first of the season, makes it 5 nothing White Sox. Eloy going deep is like basically nothing. Little flick of the bat, over the right field wall, 
Eli Jimenez is awesome. 31 homers as a rookie. Gets no love second on the team last year. Eh, no big deal. Eloy, Jose Abreu, Edwin Encarnacion hitting bombs, Leury Garcia going both sides of the plate. Did I get to Luis Robert yet? White Sox are loaded. You ever think everybody can see this? White Sox Charities, the Sox Car Raffle. That is backed by popular demand. You can now enter to win a White Sox-themed Mazda CX-30. It's courtesy of Mazda of Orland Park. New this season, the car was designed by a White Sox White Sox fan, you can visit whitesox.com slash car to buy your raffle tickets valid for Illinois residents only. Let me throw that topic out to you, 312-981-7200. If you had to bet on who will be looked upon in 2020 as the White Sox's best starter, who are you going with? Lucas Giolito, who was the answer last year, the veteran Dallas Keuchel, who looked phenomenal today, Big-time bounce-back year from Ronaldo Lopez, building on his second half last season. Breakout Dylan Cease out of nowhere with a 5.79 ERA last year. But arguably, I don't even think it's an argument, but best stuff on the staff, most overpowering. Or maybe you're going old-school Carlos Rodon, back from surgery, fountain of youth, all of it. And uh, by the way, also, how many wins for the White Sox? I'd like to put that out there. 312-981-7200. One and one. We're 60. We got 58 games left. 58 games. I am enjoying this to the end of the earth that baseball is back. Uh, let me get Scott, the king, on 720 WGN. King, good afternoon. Thank you for calling. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I may be a little um, excited and over-optimistic, but I'm, I'm going to go with 59 wins. <laughs> You're going all the way to 59. I'm going 59 and one. That's what I'm. That's what I'm seeing. The young hitting team in baseball. Little little light on defense, but we we'll make up for that in in a lot of runs across the plate. Yeah. And doesn't Jimenez look at a lot like Frank Thomas in his swing? That's an interesting one. I mean. We're talking about one of the best right-handed hitters ever that you're even comparing the two is kind of crazy. So I don't want to go quite that far. But as far as just a massive presence at the plate, there is... There... And watch. When he, when he misses the ball, and Frank never missed it by too much, nor does Eloy. Yeah, it's a little, a little favorable to Eloy, who did have a little bit of problem with that curveball last year. But... And Frank Thomas was, I mean, the 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 ability that Frank Thomas had to not swing at a ball literally one inch off of the plate was always incredible to me, and kind of frustrating too. It's like, hey, you're you're take the ball to the ballpark. You don't need another walk, big Frank. But he had he had so much discipline as a hitter. You had to appreciate it. Uh, who who do you got? Answer my question in the rotation, King. Who do you who do you like for the most impressive performance in 2020? I like I like I think it's a break. I think it's a ballsy prediction by you, but I like it in Dylan's East. And I'm not usually, you know, I listen to you a lot. You usually don't have such aggressive <laughs> predictions. So I'm actually pretty excited about this one. <laughs> Thank you, King. I hope you're right on 59-1. I'm going bandwagon with Carmen. Uh, bandwagon with Carmen. I'm going to get shirts. Bandwagon with Colin for Carmen. Dylan sees, baby. Let's jump. Dylan sees, 59-1. Let's take this thing. Yeah. Thank you, King. Appreciate your call.
312-981-7200. That's right. Just jump on the bandwagon. Let's go. Let's go. Dylan Cease, top White Sox starter 2020. I'm willing to hear arguments on the other side, by the way. You could still dial in on Lucas Giolito. Last night was just opening night. He'll bounce back. That's a, a very fair take, I suppose. 312-981-7200 the phone number, by the way. Uh, and you could say, look, look at the veteran today. I mean, Dallas Keuchel was solid. 73 pitches, 47 strikes, getting a ton of ground balls. Maybe Nick Madrigal is up with the White Sox a little bit later in the season, and you'll, you got that infield scooping it up left and right for you, Moncada. And Tim Anderson, I love him. One of my favorite players in all of baseball, hands down, not even a question. Uh, but that was the error today where he did not get himself in the right position. That, if we're talking about winning a World Series this year, which I, hey, why not make that the goal, right? Dream it big. Be, just gotta see, there's, they still got to sharpen up the defense, and, and Tim's error today was uh, a play I, I'm sure he would love to have back. Let me get Rory and Lions, 312-981-7200 on White Sox Weekly. Go ahead, Rory. Yeah, so I... Uh... I actually disagree with your uh, Dylan Cease. Okay. I don't think he's going to be much this year, but uh, I, I'm sticking with Keiko as my favorite. Uh, the other thing I was thinking was uh, team going with a four-man rotation with such a short season. That's interesting. I mean, it was they were more talking about going to for a six-game, uh, six-man rotation. Rory, you want to go down to four with off days and whatnot? I don't necessarily hate that because you can always. If, if guys do tire out or, or whatever, you can. Th- I mean, they had Gio Gonzalez up three times last night. So, as Lucas was struggling early, and then later in the game, he was con- Ricky was considering putting him in. But they're not going to do that, Rory. We're not going to four. Carlos Rodon wouldn't like that, by the way. He's very motivated to be in this rotation. Uh, what? Why are you down on Cease? You know, I will seeing him before. He looked awful. I mean, in the past couple of years, you know, unless he's taking a gigantic step forward. Did Did you see him pitch in the summer league games? Did you Did you see the stuff there? He was nasty, Rory. Nasty. What? What's All that? Right. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll we'll see what he does on you know coming up here against the Cleveland Indians as uh, Ronaldo goes tomorrow. But uh, Rory, when he pitches great in his first outing this year, you just think of Carm, okay? All right. <laughs> Thank you, Rory. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. When we come on back here, we're going to hear from James McCann, who spoke after the ball game. Ricky Renteria coming up as well. A lot to do here. White Sox Weekly till 7 o'clock. Your phone calls are welcome. 312-981-7200. And White Sox emails bring the ballpark to you with latest videos, breaking team news, special offers, and more. You can register for free today at whitesox.com slash email. It's 720 WGN. Short amount of time to ramp up to where you really want to be as a starter. There's a high fly ball into right field. Right center field. Now it's still carrying. That ball is going to go to the wall and gone. That ball hit the jet stream and just kept on going. And Leori Garcia has made it a 2-0 game with his first home run of the season. Yeah, the jet stream was out and working today. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. My name is Mark Carmen. Sox over the Twins. If you're just... Joining the program, 10-3, Sox now 1-1 one one on the year. 
Is it a big game tomorrow? I'm hearing so many people say it's a shortened season and games are worth 2.7 times if you do the math of 60 games into 162. I don't think it's going to feel like the season is over tomorrow if you lose two out of three or you're going to feel like you're in the World Series if you take two out of three. But you'll feel good if you win tomorrow. Let me state the obvious here. Winning tomorrow would feel good. Mainly because... You know, the White Sox finished nearly 30 games back of the Twins last year. I mean, this is a club that won 100-plus games. The White Sox won 72. So to take two out of three to start the season would be a pretty sweet statement. And even more so than that, assuming they do win tomorrow, that would mean that Ronaldo Lopez pitched well, which would be a big-time deal. And then we can move on to Cleveland. Uh, Speaking of James McCann, who had a huge day-to-day three for four, and was solid behind the plate. Let's catch up with the White Sox catcher. Here was James after the ball game. Hey, James, how you doing? Pretty good. Yourself? Good. Uh, what was it like to catch Dallas today? Uh, and how efficient is he in terms of work? It seemed like he was keeping his pitch count down for most of the day. Yeah, um, I, it was extra special for me uh, just because we we played together in college. Uh, so getting to be on the same team as him in the big leagues, um, that's a, a little – just a little added benefit, but uh, he's he's pretty darn good. Um, he's he's almost a dying breed in today's game. Uh, you know, he attacks the strike zone and mixes uh, all four pitches consistently. Um, and and he's not a guy that's that's uh, you know bringing upper nineties heat, and he and he manages to get the job done. Uh, he's a lot of fun to catch, and and the way that he works, um, you know, the defense loves it. He works quick, and he, and he pounds his own. Hey, James, I know it's two games and you've been in one of them already and had three hits today, but is there a different approach to you this year in the six games where you may not be playing you know, quite as much as you were last year over 162? I'm just getting ready uh, to, to, to play whenever my name's called. Uh, there's things you control and things you can't control, um, and all I can control is, is getting myself ready to play when, when my name's called. James, you know how potent that Twins lineup is. What was it like watching Dallas force those ground balls and really trying to keep them off balance? Uh, like I said, he he did a tremendous job. Um, you know that's a tough lineup to to work your way through, and um, he he did it very efficiently. Uh, you know if this is a regular season in July, he's he's out there for a lot more uh, pitches than what he was today. Um, and, and I was I was very impressed with the way he, uh, he he threw the ball today. James, what can you say about this offense? Uh, you know, you guys faced the Twins last year and saw what they could do this year. It really seems like you guys are capable of, of kind of matching them uh, from a from a power and just a run scoring standpoint. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I mean, that lineup, our lineup, one through nine is deep. Uh, you know, today uh, you had contributions all the way up and down the lineup, uh, including you know Angle coming off the bench and getting a pinch hit, and then Collins coming in and drawing a walk. Um, it's really the the next man up mentality and. Uh, hitting's contagious, so uh, you know watching guys at the top of the order and have it uh, you know transfer down the down the way all the way through nine. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, James, you mentioned Dallas being kind of a da- uh, dying breed. You know, it seems like he didn't use he didn't throw many straight fastballs at any point in, the, in this game. Is that a function of respecting the Twins' power, or is that just Dallas being Dallas that he can he can cut and he can sink and he can throw changeups and, and pound the zone while doing it? I mean, that's that's Dallas being Dallas. Um, and I don't know if he throws a ball that, that does stay straight. Uh, and, that, and that's what I mean by dying breed. He'll sink it. He'll cut it. You know, change speeds with, with different breaking balls in, in the changeup. Um, you know, he's, he's a lot of fun to catch. James, it seemed uh, really early on it was a pretty healthy strike zone. How does that change your game plan? Or you just sit back and say, 
you know, all right, it's going to be a good one for Dallas. Yeah, you, you keep working the edges. Um, and when you got a guy like Dallas, that, that's what you can do. You can, uh, you know, see how far you can push it. Um, and, and he did that. He did a very good job. And, and uh, the other thing it does is it, it makes the, the opponent start to swing the bat a little bit more when, when the, the zone is opened up like that. James, you said this was special because you caught him in Ar- Dallas and Arkansas. I think that was about 10 years ago, right? How, how different of a pitcher is he now besides being, you know, just more polished as a major leaguer? Yeah, no, he, uh, the biggest difference is the cutter. He didn't have the cutter in college. That's something that, uh, you know, that's a difference maker, in my opinion, for him um, once he got to pro ball. Uh, but he's always been a control guy with, with the two seam and the change up and mixing the, the slower breaking ball. Uh, so the, the big difference for me is, is the cutter. Um, but uh, the way he attacks and, and the confidence he has and, and the competitor he is, that's, that's who he's been uh, you know, since, since we played together in college. You guys had a lot of swagger in Detroit. Uh, do you sense that type of thing building here with this team and, you know, not not in a, a negative way, but in a sense of feeling good about who you are and uh, where what your destiny is? Yeah, absolutely. You, you start to to see the, the difference uh, from last year to this year, uh, just the confidence level uh, with the young guys that, are, that have taken the, the next step forward. And then the addition of the veteran players that uh, have, have been there and done that. Um, it's a it's a special group, and I, I think that when you have that that healthy mix of of young players and, and veteran players, uh, you can do a lot of special things. Hey James, uh, you know, do you expect maybe a lot of games like this uh, between you two, these two teams, this season as you guys kind of race for that division championship? Do you see a lot of uh, high scoring with the two offenses this year? Uh, I hope it's high scoring for us and not high scoring for them, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, you know, when you got lineups going at each other like that, uh, anything can happen. You know, the first few innings, um, it's hard to scratch across a hit, much less a run. And then, uh, you know, next thing you know, our offense was able to, to explode onto the scene. And um, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's a sprint. No one's ever done this before. It's unprecedented. So, uh, every game's, you know, uber important, and, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. So there you go, James McCann after the ball game. McCann today, three for four, scored a couple of runs, knocked in two, and, yeah, I – how do you not like James McCann, right? First homer of the year, by the way, too, that came in the sixth inning. I This guy was a huge leader last year, and I'm sure he wants to be out there – I don't know, 50 of the 60 games this year. That's not going to happen. They, the White Sox went out and paid big money for Yasmani Grandal. McCann will be lucky to catch, I would say, even 30 games this year. I would. I, it's probably going to be closer to 20. But he's going to be a great teammate because that's who he is. And it's kind of fun to go back in time and hear about him at college. They played at Arkansas, him and Dallas Keuchel. And, I mean, just think about that. Your buddy's in college, and then 10 years later, you're both in the big leagues, and you're both you know, very wealthy people doing this, uh, playing Major League Baseball. It's pretty cool, right? If you want to kick your baseball training up a notch, you can come try out for the 2020 White Sox Elite Baseball Team. It is the perfect program for high school ball players who want to develop their skills to the next level. White Sox Elite has helped over 50 players continue their careers at the collegiate level. Travel team tryouts take place on August the 3rd. For more information, you can visit whitesox.com slash play. Michael Huff's going to be with us uh, from the Sox camps coming up at 630 as well. For those of you 
trying to get somebody to the next level in their baseball career. So we'll talk to Michael coming up at 6.30. Rokan had the White Sox general manager Rick Hahn on the show. Kevin Powell stopped by with Lucas Giolito. So a lot of that to do in the 6 o'clock hour. I want to play real quick the James McCann conversation they were having on NBC Sports Chicago with uh, Ozzie Guillen. This was his take on what Ricky Renteria should do behind the plate, at least last night and today, and how the Sox did something different. I think this should be backwards. I should play McCann yesterday. McCann hit burials, four home runs, 10 RBIs, and 333 when Grandal is 0 2 against that. If they think about giving him a day off, why Grandal not start again with Jolito's pitching? Jolito has to says with Rondam, uh, with uh, with McCann behind the plate. You know me. Every manager got different way to think about it, but I think that was the best setup. Start McCann opening day, then today or Grandal. I don't know why they did the opposite. You know, I don't know why because I think uh, the the success of Jolito have in the past last year. Obviously, it was McCann behind the plate. All- and that was Ozzy last night. Now he did not know that James McCann was going to go three for four today with a home run. But I was actually with them. I'm like, ah, you know, McCann and Giolito, I'd like to see that pairing continue. Uh, we'll see what Ricky does next time through when Lucas is back on the bump. That'll be interesting to see. All right, quick timeout news coming on up here. 6 o'clock hour, Rick Hahn, Lucas Giolito, Michael Huff, going to be busy. White Sox Weekly, Sox are 1-1 one one on 720 WGN. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. 720 WGN. Oh, Jerry Reinsdorf, you might have some fun this year. You never know. I know the chairman, by the way, right now is very measured. Certainly not going crazy on a 1-1 and one start, even if they were 2-0. I think Jerry Reinsdorf would be very, 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 very patient. Or not patient, that's the wrong word. But I would say tempered. There's a word. Uh, I'm having a hard time being tempered about the White Sox right now. Literally every t- uh, conversation that I've had... When, let's just say, radio stations or whoever is calling me up to talk baseball, I I keep on saying, look, the White Sox are going to be a big story in 2020. Then, of course, they go out and lose last night. I'm like, okay, maybe I was dead wrong. But then they come back today, and that's the baseball season, right? You ride the roller coaster. And today, it feels like I'm going to be spot on, that the White Sox are going to be very much... Uh, in the thick of this as we hopefully, fingers crossed, move through a 2020 season where we have baseball all the way to the end of September and then into the playoffs, which reminds me, 16 teams now going to be in the playoffs as baseball does this on the fly. Very bizarre. John Heyman put out a report earlier in the week saying that it looks like baseball is going to 16, uh, 16 teams in the playoffs. And that was right before the White Sox were having a Zoom call with Ricky Renteria. So I asked him about it. Hey, Ricky, there's a report out there that 16 teams in the playoffs, and he's basically like, well, I'm not going to comment on a report if or when that's going to happen. And then Rick Hahn was asked about it. We're going to hear from Rick coming up with Rokan uh, in a little bit here. Rick was asked about it, and his response I thought was interesting. He said, look, that's great. As far as I'm concerned, I would love to see our players get postseason experience. The sooner the better. So, who knows if they'll keep it at 16 next year. I highly doubt they will. Probably go back to 10. But this is a big deal. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about uh, you know four extra teams in the playoffs. The White Sox, uh, 
And the first series, it's not just one game. It's, th- it's three games. So, it's, you know, it's, it's more than just a wild card one-and-done experience. You're going to play at least two games. I find it all very interesting. All right, let's catch up with Kevin Powell and Lucas Giolito. This conversation sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. This was before Lucas's first start of the year. I'm calling this Four Minutes with KP and Lucas on 720 WGN. Lucas, you get your first opening day start under the most unusual circumstances. What's the mindset like heading into this strange 2020 season um our, our mind uh, as a ball club is just on winning um you know show up to the park every day with the expectation to win the game uh that's the only way to do it it's a 60 game sprint uh very unorthodox type of season and uh we've done our part to prepare for it um just looking around the clubhouse seeing how good of shape everyone's in seeing um that guys have clearly been putting in work in, in this uh, long layover. Um, summer camp has been great. Uh, we're meshing as a team, as a club, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. Just the mind on winning. And, and getting called for the opening day start, I know that means a lot to you, Lucas. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic honor. Um, you know, truly humbled. Uh, my my career has been been crazy uh, up to this point. A lot of ups and downs, and um, you know, I'm, I'm looking looking to start many more opening days in the future, but the first one uh, tomorrow, definitely going to cherish the moment. And, uh, you know, hopefully we come away with a win. You know, everybody's been describing this season as a sprint, not a marathon, and every game is so big with just 60 games on the schedule. Right out of the gate, you guys have a matchup with the Twins. That's got to add a little bit of, I don't know, excitement or a little extra something knowing you're taking on the reigning division champs. Absolutely. Um, you know, they're they're labeled as a team to beat in this division uh, after what they did last year, uh, putting up those types of home run numbers. Um, you know, for us, uh, you know, it, it's time, it's time for us to uh, make our mark in this division, in this league. I think that we're prepared. We're ready. Uh, obviously the talent is there. The talent has been developing um, some key acquisitions, some new guys, new faces that have uh, just completely meshed in wonderfully in this clubhouse. So, um, we're we're definitely up to the challenge. Um, you know they're they're a very good ball club, but but so are we. So we're looking forward to a great fight this year. What have you found to be the biggest challenge, whether it was through summer camp or the exhibition games, in terms of following the the health and safety protocols of Major League Baseball? Has there been anything that you maybe didn't anticipate, or is a bigger challenge than you thought it might be? To to speak honestly, it it really has not been that huge of a challenge at least on our side you know uh early on in, in summer camp kind of looking looking around the league seeing on twitter and whatnot um other teams running into issues with their testing and things not really going according to plan um luckily we we didn't have any of that um everything was pretty efficient you know we come in we do our tests every other day uh i'd say the biggest hurdle is just making sure that we're we're doing our part to stay safe away from the field. Um, we have plans in place in our clubhouse uh, so that us as players can hold each other accountable, um, making sure that that we are doing everything we can when we're away from the field to socially distance and follow the correct protocols. So, you know, we're we're in a really good spot when it when it comes to that. Uh, everybody's comfortable with the rules, and uh, we know what we need to do. 
Well, considering this is the White Sox radio broadcast, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to talk about Ed Farmer, who won't be on the call for the the first time in a very long mm-hmm. time, Lucas. He means a lot to White Sox fans, and I know he meant a lot to, to yourself and your teammates. Yeah, absolute White Sox legend. Um, Farmio is definitely going to be missed. Um, you know, what I'm going to miss most personally is the conversations, the stories he'd share with me. Um, you know, we'd have some long talks on plane rides uh, after after my starts, especially after good ones, after bad ones. Uh, he always he'd always share with me wisdom he had from his many years in baseball, both as a player and as a and as a broadcaster um, or radio radio host. So um, definitely going to be missed. Um, hugely loved in this White Sox family. So uh, rest in peace, Farmio, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna carry him. Uh, in our hearts as, as we play this year. Lucas Giolito, your White Sox opening day starter. Good luck this season, Lucas, and we appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So there we go, Lucas Giolito, the day before, and I can't wait for next year when he's talking about opening day, and he says, yes, I want this one to be even more special than last year because I want to go out and get a win. Uh, you know, and talking about guys staying healthy, and staying out of trouble, I'm just looking at Twitter right now, and there's a tweet from the NBA uh, sources telling ESPN that Lou Williams, who is going back to the, their bubble in Orlando, has been interviewed by NBA security about his whereabouts while he was away from campus, and he told them that he did go to the Magic City Gentlemen's Club for a short time on Thursday night. So I'm just reminding myself as we do this baseball thing, and they're not in a bubble and Lou Williams left the bubble, and he's coming back to the bubble. We have a lot of guys who are very young, and they probably feel invincible. You would hope that the White Sox players will do exactly what Lucas is talking about. Like, hey, man, the guys are away from the field. They're living their lives. Hopefully everybody will do the right thing and not go to the Magic City Gentlemen's Club for a short time. It's probably not the best move right now. I would say wait till after the season to spend a short time at the Magic City Gentlemen's Club. Don't miss a minute of White Sox baseball past and present on the official White Sox YouTube channel from exclusive game day footage to historic moments. We've got it all. Subscribe today at youtube.com slash White Sox and Sox fans for a limited time. You can celebrate life's special moments with a personalized message and image displayed on the iconic center field video board at Guaranteed Right Field. It's perfect for birthdays, anniversaries, and more. Visit whitesox.com slash scoreboard to purchase your message today. Rokan spoke with the general manager of the White Sox, Rick Hahn. We'll do that next. 720 WGN. All right, here's the man of the hour. Well, one of the one of the many men of the hour. Rick Hahn, Chicago White Sox general manager. Thank you, Rick, for being with us. Appreciate it. This is very exciting. Very exciting to have baseball back. And I never in my life, I don't know, you know, as a baseball fan my whole life, right? Like most boys are, and, and many girls, as we've we've learned from our own Lauren Lapka. This is the time of year where you'd be right in the thick of things. You know, you'd start to think about after the All Star break, what's the back half of the season going to look like? It's totally different this year. Uh, what what is the what's it going to look like? Do you think as we head into the next couple of weeks, every game is you know two and a third, two and a two and a half, two 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 thirds, whatever it is. I don't know the math. Uh, it's going to be very intense, isn't it? 
It's going to be intense. I think it's, look, I have a, a poor track record, as any of my coworkers can tell you. I don't behave great during games, but now if you are saying they're worth 2.7 times or whatever yeah. they normally are worth, yeah. then I, it's good that they put me in a socially distanced suite by myself for the for the 60-game sprint here. It's, like uh, it's going to be intense, but yeah. it, it's going to be fun. Every pitch is going to matter. You know, we're, we're dealing with... Uh, Look, a lot of uncertainty as a society and in all of our day-to-day lives. And if, if even a slightly off version of baseball can help bring some normalcy and some excitement as we head into fall, then we're all for it. Yeah. I know that there are all these attempts to do social distancing, and it has been fun to watch the the games that to it guaranteed rate so far for the White Sox, first one at Wrigley. And, and after the first a couple of innings, it appeared to me that the social distancing had stopped in the dugouts. And I could see that by the second game, they were telling someone had a conversation. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was you, Rick, or Ricky, or anybody else. <laughs> Somebody had a conversation and said, hey, 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 you know, we're still on TV. People are watching this. They see you guys are breathing all over each other. And it's, uh, let, 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 you know, let's have some, let's, let's be careful about this. No, it's definitely, look, there's some old habits that are going to die hard, but we are they are trying to pull off something extremely difficult in terms of pulling off this season in the midst of a, of a pandemic. And i got to say, the, the efforts of our players, of the Players Association of Major League Baseball, our doctors, the stadium ops people who uh, shoulder a great deal of this burden, have really been remarkable. I mean, uh, it certainly isn't going to come as a shock that we all, over the course of the early part of the summer, had some doubts about whether this is ever going to be possible, whether we're going to be able to return. And even as we started making plans for this uh, summer camp or spring training 2.0, there were some doubts about our ability to pull it off. And while we certainly don't know what the next three months hold for any of us, it's it's exciting to be sitting here and on a beautiful summer night be able to enjoy uh, it's a nice opening day for us all. Yeah, that is so true. What's it like being there, though, with the sort of faked up crowd noises and nobody in the stands it, it, it for people who've been there they say it's eerie well we got the cutouts to keep us company at least <laughs> now they're they're a little one-dimensional it's but true. No, it, it's uh it is eerie it takes a little getting used to you got to re- uh, as you understand look every time you personally have been at the ballpark and certainly most any time i've been at the ballpark there's a energy or a level yeah. of excitement and and you know you're there with your family and friends or your you know your children your parents and it's a communal event and when that's snatched away it takes some getting used to i think the you know when they first had the crowd noise during our first i think we did it during one of our scrimmages and it felt like you were sort of waiting for a band to come on stage for an encore all right just waiting and waiting and waiting uh but they got a hang of it and of sort of the the crowd volumes and then frankly other than when you look at the stands and realize it's empty uh we've been able to lose ourselves a little bit and just focus on the baseball but no doubt it takes a little getting used to can i ask you a little bit about baseball on the south side Please. right now because Absolutely. this lineup is like murderer's row. I, you must, I don't know if the other general managers are calling you or other people in baseball executives <laughs> are calling you about this, but what you guys have put together is really impressive. No, I appreciate that. And look, we it, it wasn't without some some hard labor, not only on us in the front office or the guys in uniform, but on, on White Sox fans at large. Look, when we set off on this rebuild uh, three years ago, 
Uh, it was with the goal of trying to build something sustainable and something that's going to put us in a position to contend annually for championships. And while, again, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world and certainly some uncertainty about the next three months of baseball, we do feel like we are right on the precipice of something that's going to really be special for a long period of time. And, and whatever action we get out of 2020, whether it's uh, you know the games tonight and throughout the weekend or all the way through until uh, October when they crown a champion. It's going to help further that process and is going to serve us well for the long term. I'm calling. I, I'm making a prediction. You ready? This is bad. I'm ready. You, you don't want me to make predictions, but I'm going to make it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Very low percentage rate. They're, you're going to sweep the Twins this weekend. And everybody on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, ESPN, uh, MLB Network, everybody's going to be talking about the White Sox. Everybody's going to say, look at these guys because you have something going on. That, and especially batter, when these guys are like Luis Robert, watching him learn a batter, learn a pitcher, I'm sorry, learn a pitcher through from his first at bat to his second to his third has been fascinating. I mean, that's, that is a natural-born baseball player, as most of you guys are. And then for the White Sox fans, the long-suffering White Sox fans, Jose Abreu getting signed, begging his way back onto the team. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's, it's like a perfect, perfect uh, setup for incredible success here. No, I tell you, the, the, the clubhouse, the field that we had back in Glendale in spring training before things broke off was really, really exciting and electric. They, they had a nice mix of young guys and, and older guys who have been through the wars and won championships who had blended with this level of confidence that was really organic and really kind of special to see. And quite frankly, coming into this summer camp after four months away from each other, we really didn't know if we were going to be able to regain that. But I tell you, to their credit, not only did the, the to a man did these guys come in in shape and having worked hard and, and were prepared for what lay ahead, but that same clubhouse chemistry was there. That that feeling you get. Joe McEwing told me. Uh, a while back in spring training he's like you know joe's our bench coach and he you know obviously won with the mets and then st louis and had a history as a player being being pretty dynamic on on some good teams and he said rick he goes i i i can't ex- describe it but this team has it and i think that's yeah. probably the best way any of us can put it so hopefully go. uh from your mouth to god's ears about what's going on this weekend and uh, <laughs> hopefully that would that would certainly send a message that, uh, that we certainly have whatever that is if anything less than that happens don't call me <laughs> well, I know who to blame, at least. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Rick Hahn, General Manager of the Chicago White Sox. Great luck tonight. Have fun. We'll talk to you again. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Ro. Thank you. So there we go. Rick Hahn and uh, Ro Khan. As, uh, yeah, Ro didn't get that right. They did lose on opening day. But I, I appreciate the effort by Ro. He was in there going for the sweep on Minnesota. Go, go bold or go home. Go big or go home. Something along those lines. It was interesting what Rick Hahn was saying there. And not new, but the fact that he said it, hey, if it's just this weekend or the whole season, you know, we, we're going to get something out of 2020. And, you know, you're just looking around. Joe Girardi, manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, announcing today that their pitching coach, Brian Price, was absent with, quote, a medical issue that I cannot discuss. So, Nolan Mazzara, by the way, on the White Sox 10-day injury list, and nobody's exactly saying what he is missing for. So, it, yeah, we're going to be jumping through a lot of hoops here to try to get this thing done. And, uh, and by the way, it is a reminder for everybody, as much as I'm enjoying watching baseball and all that 
stuff I know you I know a lot of us are staying healthy at the end of the day is uh, the most important thing so uh, hopefully they're being safe here and, and doing what they as best they can to keep themselves away from the virus and on the field. Michael Huff, Director of Youth Baseball for your Chicago White Sox, a former White Sox, coming up next, 720 WGN. 1-1 in the air, drilled pretty well into right field. Gonzalez tracking back, still looking. He'll leap up, and this one's out of here. James McCann goes the opposite way. And the White Sox get one of those runs back, and now leads 6-3. to three. Big day for James McCann. We've been talking about it. Three for four, home run. Solid performance behind the plate, partnering up with his college teammate in Arkansas, Dallas Keuchel. Michael Huff probably appreciated what James McCann did today, White Sox Director of Youth Baseball. What's going on with Sox summer camps? We'll get to that in a second. But, Michael, did you watch the ball game today? Thank you for being on, by the way. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. Watched it last night and tonight. Uh, I'm not sure which was more exciting, though. Those two games, obviously the good and the bad, or or watching you on Facebook singing Come On Eileen. Uh, outstanding. And you got to tell people that, I mean, I'm hoping you have posted that somewhere because that, that was classic. That that was classic, Mark. So thank thank you, Michael, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Well, I, I got up this morning and I was, you know, I was very excited. I had my 8 a.m. Saturday tennis match and I, I was listening to, I wasn't coming, Eileen. It was Ain't Nothing Gonna Break My Stride. Same thing. Oh, that's right. Nothing Gonna Break My Stride. Right. That's right. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I was listening on the radio and I fired into it. And I used to do the Carm Commute, Michael, which I know you were a huge fan of. And I hadn't done yeah. it in a while. So I'm like, well, this is Saturday morning. I'm feeling good. This song is getting me going. Maybe I can be an inspiration to not only myself, but also, I think, I think actually, that might have been the reason why the White Sox played so well today. I think they saw that on Instagram, and you know Dallas Keuchel and company just got motivated, and they came out and whipped the Twins. What do you think? Well, I, I know three guys did. It was McCann, Leary Garcia, and Keuchel <laughs> definitely saw it. it. It got my day going, I'll tell you that. It you know, got my juices flowing, but no, it was very fun watching the game today, and you're right. Uh, very excited for the team, James McCann. And again, I think the thing that I love the most was the fact that James McCann, we all know how strong he is, what a great year he had last year, but keeping that positive frame of mind, knowing that you're not going to be starting the majority of the games, and then as a hitter, not being afraid to use the whole field, which you know, sometimes guys get into that pull-happy mode, and both Eloy and him being able to hit home runs to right field was just just wonderful to see. See, I was going to bring that up with you because being a great teammate, that's something you want, but it's also can be challenging when you feel like you should be playing more. And James McCann made an all-star team last year. He's been enormous in the in the White Sox clubhouse. So he's going to want to be out there, you know, 50 out of the 60 games, and he's probably going to play closer to 20 of them, uh, at least starting. So, you know, how, how challenging do you think that is for him? And, like, if you're Ricky, do you have to talk to James about it? I, I, I'm, I'm assuming maybe they've had some conversation, but, like, how, how do you handle that? Yeah, I, I would say that they probably had that conversation as soon as they picked up Yasmani. And the big thing is that for James, he's young enough to know that there's going to be another starting opportunity for him because of what he did last year if he keeps that frame of mind, if he continues to you know, grow as a hitter, grow as a receiver. And if he can demonstrate that, there's going to be 29 other teams, maybe not 29, but probably 20 
to 25 that are going to want him desperately at some point in the future. So you can either pout, have a bad season, and those 20, 25 teams go away, or you have that good frame of mind. You're with a great team that can do some amazing things. And if that happens, your door and window of opportunity is going to open up again for you. So, Michael, let me, let me, and right, I think that's exactly right. Don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Being a mope about it, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help the ball club. And you're exactly right. Like, look, you, you got a free agent contract coming to you and uh, a bunch of dough, and hopefully, and even more important than that, uh, just an opportunity to enjoy yourself on the field, right? So, uh, it's, yep. it's in his best interest cool. to do, to be professional and to play well. Yes, and you enjoy your. This is not like you're in Detroit that you know the team is going to lose the majority of the games, and you have to try to perform to get an opportunity next year. You're going to be on a very fun team, very exciting team, which we clearly have seen in the first two games that really count, let alone the three before that. And I think that also makes it a little bit easier that when you get that kind of quasi-demotion, you know you're going to play not as much, but being around good guys, having that positive energy, I think that also is going to help James have just a, have a wonderful season this year. The Northwestern University graduate with us here on 720 WGN White Sox in 92 and 93. Uh, Michael Huff, let me ask you this about Luis Robert, because we all are super excited about what he's going to do, but I'm watching opening night, and there's a ball that's hit basically right to the right fielder, Nicky Delmonico, and he's flying across and making the play. And I'm like, oh, my God, are these guys going to collide and someone's going to get hurt? Because you don't want to collide with Luis Roberts, big guy. But also the center fielder is the captain, so you got to get on board. But then I was talking to Eloy earlier this week on a Zoom call, and he's saying, like, yeah, I, you know, it's going to make it easier for me, but I want to play the outfield, too. You know, this is not you're not dealing with ten year olds here who just want to catch a ball, but they but guys don't want to get completely overrun as well. Uh, what kind of conversations would you be having if you're coaching outfield right now with a guy in center who is basically thinks he can catch anything and and pretty much can, but you also have your other guys out there that want to feel like they have their own value too. I think it comes down to communication and trust. Um, I think Nicky Delmonico did the right thing. He's camped under it, but he's hearing. Louis like hauling, he's hearing him like pounding the ground like probably, you know, a stampede of buffalo and calling for the ball. So at that point it's pretty easy to take a half a step back, keep the glove up just in case he doesn't get there and let him just run in front of you. But I think over time they're gonna all understand each other's range um and the different types of plays, the way the wind plays here at home uh, the new ballparks again he's going to need to trust his other outfielders um the guys that have been there before the mazaras probably the angles you know guys that have been there for multiple years not just you know one year or, or two and i think over time that, that it's going to be a moot point i just i think this year and next year you're right it's going to be a little bit of a feeling out process and, and i'm sure you know, the guy over and left, Eloy, knows to yell loud enough if he definitely has it. And like Nicky Delmonico did, kind of call it if it's kind of in between, but be prepared to take a half a step back if, you know, Mr. Robert is flying by to make the catch. And I, I don't want to be throwing cold water out here on a pandemic season where we got two games in and the White Sox just have scored 15 runs and won a ball game today. But I guess I'm just thinking about Eloy jumping into the fence last year and going on the DL trying to make a play that he was not going to make and I think he learned a lot from that 
And I'm also mm-hmm. thinking back to like, let's go to the north side. And and Kyle Schwarber was trying to impress people in left field and ended up missing most of the 2016 season because you know he was trying to make a play and, and collided with Dexter Fowler. It's not uncommon for these plays to happen, right? No, especially with these kind of athletes, the the size and the and the, the thickness of them. Uh, again, I, I think going back to Daryl Boston working with all of these guys on a regular basis and trying to, and, I, and I've seen it a couple times, literally, you know, two lines where it's just Engel and Robert and center and everybody else on the left, and you're just pumping balls a little bit closer to left center, right in the middle, a little closer to, to center left, and seeing how they communicate. And, and you're just hoping that you can get enough of those drills where the guys learn to call the ball, trust each other, start backing up instead of feeling like they need to take charge. And again, this is a kid who's, you know, finally in the major leagues, you know, and all the hype that's gone with it. And, you know, he's trying really hard to prove that he belongs uh, as all of us did our first year. And again, my hope is once that adrenaline kind of wears off, once we're in that third, fourth week of the season where you've had one day off and now all of a sudden you're starting to realize I can't be going at 120 miles an hour, you know, all the time when I'm playing out here, I have to play at 100%, not 120. And hopefully that helps him just kind of calm down a little bit. And like I said, go back to trusting his outfielders and using his ears a little bit more than just his instincts to go get it. Yeah, yeah. Michael up with us here at 720 WGN, the director of youth baseball. So what what's going on with the camps this summer, Michael? Obviously a different time here with COVID-19, but you guys are still doing stuff and have opportunities so I'm, I'm, i want to get it out there for if, if people are looking for some baseball here what they can do well thank you it was very exciting when i think we got to stage three and stage four looked possible to get the thumbs up from the white Sox. we had put a couple plans together uh in that stage three of how we could run a summer camp albeit you know maybe fewer sites and definitely with fewer kids um we just kept our full-time kind of coaches, part-time coaches that had been with us year-round training, and, and we came up with a plan that checks the temperatures of the kids as they're in the cars coming up. We've got those discs set up so all the kids are six feet apart. They have masks. Now, there'll be some drills that they can take off the mask because they're spaced enough, but we were able to come up with a plan to make it work. The White Sox gave us a thumbs up, and we've just been so excited to be able to do camps um, sort of starting the end of June, um, and we're going to go through that second week in August. We've been as far uh, south or southeast to northwest Indiana Crown Point. Um, next week's camps are in Lyle, kind of sold out. We're going to do a couple camps up in Glen Ellen that week of of August 3rd. One of those is already sold out. And then our last week, August 10th, we're going to be in Park Ridge. And then on the north side of the city in Dunham Park, uh, very excited because we know there are a lot of Sox fans that live on the north side of the city that uh, whose kids ages 7 to 12 may want to join us. So um, we were able to do it, and to this point, um, it's just been a wonderful summer. And every parent that's come out, all the kids have been incredibly appreciative of the White Sox coming up with a plan that was super safe and stage street COVID averse and, and hand sanitizers between stations and wiping all the baseballs between stations at the end of the day to make it safe for the kids and just have a little bit of fun. So summer camps are going well and it's hard to believe we're really only a couple of weeks away from the summer being over. 
Yeah, don't say that. It just started. I feel like the, like the baseball season starts. <laughs> that's when summer starts. We're extending this all the way into October. We're going to have great weather. I can feel it. But here, August 3rd, Glen Allen. August 10th, Park Ridge. Uh, when is the north side uh, opportunity? It's August August 10th. It's going to be uh, uh, in the afternoon. August uh, 10th in the morning will be Park Ridge. August 10th in the afternoon will be at Dunham Park. So you have to go to whitesocks.com slash play. Go to the summer camp tab, and you'll see that. Um, and the other neat thing that once we got to that stage three, stage four, was both the White Sox ace kids and our White Sox elite travel teams were able to get back out and play. And, and it's been neat. Um, our kids are just doing incredibly well. Again, very excitable for our boys and girls um, to see them obviously winning the vast majority of their games, same with the ace kids. and. And again, the kids that we have going to college, like the Louisvilles, like the Indianas, like the Northwesterns, the future kids, the Notre Dames, it's neat to see them get back out there and play. And we actually have tryouts for next year's teams coming up August 3rd. So again, if you go to whitesocks.com slash play and go to that travel team page, uh, elite training page, you can register your high school age kids, 15, 16, 17 year olds to come try out with us. And you'll have Mike Huff training with them.